Hello, everyone. We are back with Waverly, and this is All Things People. In part one, we were talking about Waverly's experience during um, her adolescent years. So now we are going to dive into your adult years, Waverly. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. (laughs) So um, I guess where we left off was at the end of my college career, where very much... um, at a fork in the road. And so because of transferring um, schools in, in college, I was a semester behind. And so when I graduated in December, um, I was waiting for August for the cohort to come around um, because I was originally a psychology major. And my intention was to go back and get my master's in counseling, whether it was um, school, school counseling or um, marriage and family therapy, because I've always, I've always really desired to, to work with other, um, other people from the LGBT community. And so what ended up happening is I, um, I was getting a, a, a reference from a principal that I had worked for as a part-time job working like um, in, you know, in our county, it's called wraparound. So I, I did that for a year and I was just there getting a reference and she was asking me kind of what my plan was. And she goes, well, I, I know that you've always been into sports. You've always been an athlete. I have a PE job open right now. And it's yours if you want it. And two weeks later, I was teaching. And so that was that was ni- 19 years ago. So mm-hmm. so grad school was, was put on hold. Um, that was also when um, I had to go back and get my uh, lateral entry degree to just be able to continue teaching. That is also when my... Um, my ex-wife and I got back together. We had dated for a year leading up to um, both of us graduating. So within a year of teaching, she and I um, started dating again. And within a year, we were married. Um, I came out to her five years ago, this week actually. And um, For much of for much of that time, we were um, in therapy and working towards trying to make it work. Um, over the years, that became too difficult, and you know it's it's very much like I said in part one of there's yet to be anything about this process about this journey that I was not prepared for. Um, probably, I would say for two years leading up to coming out to her, I absolutely, like, I'm, I'm very much a researcher, you know, whether it's, I'm getting ready to, you know, to buy anything, I research it and, you know, to know I want to get the best, you know, the bang, best bang for the buck. But in this case, I was absolutely just 
trying to find anything and everything that I could about experiences from other couples where one spouse came out as trans. And I knew after years of, of, of getting prepared for that moment that, that I had a 50-50 chance that our relationship would be over immediately. And then I also knew that if initially the decision was made to stay together, that the percentages were even less. Because, you know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to go through where, you know, for a spouse of someone that their, their, their partner has, has come out as trans, it's, you're, you're, you're watching, you know, you're the person that you love, you know, they're, they're disappearing little by little in front of you. Um, and it's not what they bargained for. It's not what they, you know, where it's just kind of one of those where every emotion and reaction that she has had is completely valid well, because, because there's, you know, there, there's just not, there's not an easy way of doing this. And or the two of us, you know, kind of moving moving down the the path of therapy and trying trying to work through it. For me personally, um, there was no there was, there was no Waverly at the time. There was no Waverly even behind closed doors, where it was very much just dealing with it all in my head. And in my and in, in my soul, more or less. So, fast forward to um, August of 2020, and that's when I made it known that I had I had to at least begin HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and knowing that that was that was something that that crossed you know, hurt one of her boundaries, that and transition itself. And we, we tried to work through it. And the, the, the toughest part, I think, for the both of us was me knowing that that crossed the boundary. And for her, there were times where um, within finding a doctor, and scheduling my first um, consultation was about a two two week waiting period, and just in that time alone, there would be times where we would be in public doing something, or just around the house, and she would remark, "What's going on with you? What do you mean? You're, you know, if we were in public, she's like." You're, you're, you, you talk to every single person that goes by you. Are you really that happy? And I guess, you know, I said, yeah, I, I really am. So it was very, it was very tough for her 
to see how happy I was. And at that same time, to feel the way that she felt, where, and this is something, you know, that, that we spoke to, that we spoke about, is that it's very, it's really, it's, it's the hardest thing when you love, you know, when you, you each love each other. But how much easier this whole process would have been if we didn't love each other. So um, with, with coaching and um, the way that with COVID and with, with coaching, the way that a lot of the, the seasons changed, um, I began a coaching season in January of 21 instead of fall of 20 because it got moved. And over the course of that next three months, I'd never, I'd never experienced the kind of, um, it's definitely my deepest, darkest dysphoria. So much so where at one point I, um, I told, I told, I told my, my ex that I was quitting, that I was, that I was going to, I was going to, and I did, I called and talked to my endocrinologist. I told my therapist that if I continue going down this road, that I know that it's going to be the end of my, my marriage and that I would figure it out. I would figure out a way to continue to be him. But that the thought of losing her in my marriage, I couldn't do that. And what ended up happening is all three, they refused to let me stop. That it was that things were going to be far worse if, if I discontinued. So by the time, by the time it got to the spring into March and April, it was very much to that point where I knew that, that, that I had to socially transition. Um, matter of fact, it was, it was um, in March on Trans Day of Visibility where I finally accepted myself that, that I would be Waverly the rest of my life. And within, within weeks of, of telling her, um, we, were, we, were, we were separated, which, you know, I understood because that was, that was crossing the boundary. So um, now going on eight months of living on my own, we, um, we made the decision to come out and tell um, our oldest child back in the fall, which was very difficult, obviously. Um, he was, she's been very great about it. Um, we did not tell our, our youngest until recently. 
And so things for him are a little bit different. With being younger, you know, obviously there are some things that I did not go into. I did not go into um, anything about being trans or transgender because I feel like that if, if I were to do that, it would, I might as well tell, I might as well have told them that I was an alien. So now, you know, we're, we're so very what, much. What, what did you say to your youngest child? What is his understanding? Um, it began with, you know, so, so I'm sure that you've noticed um, since moving out that there have been times that I have been um, upset or that I've been sad or that I've even been crying. And I'm sure that you've noticed that there were times like that before, before, before I moved. And he was aware of those moments. And I just kind of said, well, there, there is a reason for that, but that being able to be myself and who I am on the inside makes me happy. Mm. And so um, it's been, it's been difficult, just the, the finality of it, mm-hmm. you know, questions like, so this is, so this is going to be how you are forever. Yes, this is, this is me forever. Um, obviously, you know, um, two very hard things for, for a trans parent, um, you know, first of all is, is, you know, as a trans person is your name in general. And of course, there's always that question of, well, how did, how did you choose your name? Um, for me personally, Waverly is probably the fourth or fifth name. Um, but the only one that I'm going to go into, <laughs> into um, was where a, a certain a certain Jenner managed to kind of ruin. <laughs> um, but I've. I'm a, like I said, I'm, I follow a lot of different things online with a lot of different trans groups and um, blogs and things like that. And I ran across a story from another trans woman that mentioned the way that they came up with their name is they kept their, they wanted to keep their initials because they didn't hate him. They didn't hate who, you know, the person because the person, you know, at, at, at her core was still the same person mm-hmm. um, that every memory, every experience is, is as that person. And that's not something that you can just get, you know, throw in the trash. Yeah. Um, that they didn't look at it like a lot of other trans people and, and they consider it their dead name. That more or less that he, he protected her. He got her to this point. Ooh. And, and that, um, and then now it was, her, you know, it was hers to control. 
And I can say that probably back around September, October, I, I actually had that moment of a realization that at least in mind and spirit, I was completely waverly at that point. Mm-hmm. Which made having to live the two lives that much more difficult. So, um, so I chose I chose to keep my initials for that reason. So I am Waverly Renee, <laughs> and, um, and then with with my kids, I. Um, I never wanted to be mom or mommy because I never want to replace the, their mother. That's never been my intention, and I don't. I, and I never want her to feel like she's being replaced, or that you know, in any way, shape, or form, that I am their mother. You know, when when my when my kids have only known me as dad, then there's, there's always going to you know, I'll always be their father. So you know, for a while, I was like, if they choose, if they if I'm gonna let them choose, and if they want to continue to call me dad, that'll be fine. So, I what I ended up doing is I made a list of names and I let my oldest whittle it down to her favorite two and then I let my youngest pick so I am now Maddie M-A-D-D-Y which is a combination of mom and daddy I love that I love that so how um, how is your oldest handling this? Um, I would say I would say that they are ha- definitely handling it a little bit better, and I think mainly just because they've they've known since September. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a little bit more of you know talking about it, and and, and so. With with the with our with our our youngest, it's still very new. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, both are taking it in stride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just I think in some ways they're able to see that. Still, still the same person. Yep. And for and for a lot of people, that's 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 a very hard thing to see. Um, the last transgender interview we did, um, Terry said that, you know, saying I lost a child, or you know, I lost a son, or I lost um, a child, recognizing that you didn't lose that person. That person's still there. You just lost the outer appearance of that person. And I thought, you know, I can, I can see how, you know, parents get caught up in the, well, I lost my son, but 
your son, who your son was is still there. You oh know? yeah. And with, with my mom, um, well, my, my dad, he, he passed a few years ago. And um, if I have one regret in my life um, is I never got the opportunity to tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, was actually was actually by his by his side um, just hours before he passed and was in the process of telling him but um, because of going in and out of consciousness and a lot of people a lot of nurses going in and out I didn't mm-hmm. get the chance Because he was, he's he's always been my best friend. Oh. And um, how do you think your father would have responded to this information? I think he would have just said, "Okay, daughter." <laughs> no. You know, because whenever um whenever I came out. Whenever I, I talked to my mom, you know, she she made a statement. She's like, "You you do understand that you could have told us this twenty five years ago." Oh wow! And it, and it would it wouldn't have been a thing. It would have we would have loved you just the same. Um, and she did. She she made it known that he would have, you know, that he would have loved to to have met his daughter. That is great. Um, so I hate to backtrack because um, I feel like we've moved so progressively far in this story. Um, I wanted to know, like, what what made you um, decide Renee? Um, so <clears throat> with Renee. Renee just happened to be one of the teachers that um, that made that statement of that it was possible for a man to become a woman. Oh. Um, and I actually had her, I had her for fifth and sixth grade both. And she was always my favorite teacher. Not even, not because of her statement, but she was just an amazing teacher. And you know, that was, that always stuck with me and I always loved the name and it just so happened that my middle initial is, is starts with R. <laughs> so it just fit. And it was, Renee, Renee has always been my middle name from the beginning. I because Renee actually means reborn. Yes. I'm also, oh. yes, I'm also very aware of that too. <laughs> um. So, Abby's middle name is Renee. My middle name is Lene, and your middle name is Renee. So you're amongst friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, as a matter of fact, I didn't, I don't think I learned that until maybe a, yeah, less than a year ago when, when people were asking me what, what Waverly meant because I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what it meant just because when you're, you know, 
if anyone ever wants to name a female child with a with a W name, all I can say is good luck. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, it's it's either Wilhelmina or you know, there there are just not a lot of W's. There is um, only one I can think of is Wendy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda. Yeah, yeah, Wanda. But yeah, that's 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 how I got my name, and it's it is it it fits me. Um, I love it. You know, once I found Waverly, um, the very first person that I told about it was um, one of the ladies. Uh, one of the office ladies at my endocrinologist because everyone there, like they were the only ones that, that I ever used my previous female name with and no one could pronounce it. It was always mispronounced. But um, when I changed it so that it could be, could be changed on my records, I have a, I have a woman who's screaming at me on the phone I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's you. That's you. That's so perfect. So when you, when you get that initial reaction, you know, pretty quick. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's cool. That's real cool. So <clears throat> I know you said that you told your oldest child first, um, so where do you think your oldest child is in their journey of accepting this? Um, I think just because of their age, mm -hmm. of, of being in middle school, that, you know, kids are much more aware now of the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. I think it's more... It, I mean, it's it's in the mainstream compared mm -hmm. to, you know, when I was in seventh, you know, when I was in middle school, you're talking about 92, 93, 94, where that kind of thing is not, there's no way, you know, that you would have even thought about even mentioning any, any part of that. So yeah. it's just a very different time. And I think that's, that's been a very big thing for, for my oldest where oh okay that was that was very much the response that, <laughs> that, that that we got when we told her okay that's cool oh um are you going to tell the story of the the picture Oh, oh, the picture. So um, it was a few weeks ago. And so my oldest is, she's very, she's very artistic. And so she came, she came down and was asking for, for pictures. So of me, of, of, of his Waverly. So I sent them to her. And next thing I know is I've got characters caricatures of me based on my pictures um, with flowers on it and um, with you know uh, little sayings be your be yourself Aww. and um, beautiful woman 
and then with my with my name on it and so yeah that was that's pretty amazing yes I'm, I'm 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 extremely blessed that is pretty amazing so what is it that you would like to get across to the people um i would say probably for people that that look at it from a very conservative point of view of we're just people we're just people that we're just trying to live our life that not every single conversation that people in the LGBT community have is over being in the community that social media and politicians they aren't the experts um i think right now from from just trying to speak to people that are coming from a more conservative background one thing right now that is always said is there's only there are only two genders or there are only two sexes and the thing that i want to distinguish for people is if someone tells me there are only two sexes the first thing i'm going to respond is saying you are absolutely right because sex is biological so and you know being intersex is not to my knowledge is not you know one of the binary sexes male and female but there's always the statement and this is a direct statement from even our lieutenant governor there are only two sexes male and female And I want to say, yes, you're absolutely right. And then when they say that there is absolutely nothing that I can do, whether it's medication, whether it's adding things things to my body or taking things away from my body, that I will never be a real woman. And from a biological DNA perspective, they are exactly right. But there's where a lot of, and this is kind of where I was talking about before with people who want to be allies and be advocates, they, they don't know the vocabulary. And the reason that they don't know it is because it feels like it changes so often. But the reality is people who say that there's only two genders, that's factually wrong. I believe there are as many as like 70 something genders now. But gender is is a is more of a social construct than anything else. It's who you it's who you are, not what you are. 
so when people argue and say that there's only two genders, it doesn't matter what their opinion of it is, medically, psychologically, that is, that is incorrect. And so I just, I just want people to understand that we're just, we're just people, that we're not people with, with agendas. If an agenda is fighting for your basic civil rights, then yeah, I'll call it an agenda. You know, um, as a Christian person myself, I absolutely do not agree with the push for religious liberties where it makes it perfectly okay for someone to deny service. Um, I have known of, of trans people that have gone to their, their local pharmacy and the pharmacy or the pharmacy tech refuses to fill their prescription on the basis of they don't they don't believe it goes against their religion for this trans person to exist in the first place. So therefore they cannot be forced to fill the prescription. And it's it's those it's those things like that where if 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 you actually have to fight for your rights, then then we'll do it. Um, you know, things like, you know, for me personally, as a, as a state employee in 2018, um, the state health care plan was changed by conservative leaders to where all trans-related trans, um, procedures, where they had been covered by insurance, now they're not. So for any trans um, state employee right now, any kind of procedure that that we should that we you know we have doctors and therapists say that are needed for you know for our mental and physical well-being, it's got to be out of pocket. It's no longer covered. And then, then you see statements coming from from those in Raleigh saying that they don't feel that it should be the taxpayer's job to fit the bill for for trans people to have surgeries. That it's it's elective. And I would never wish anyone to go through gender dysphoria. But I would love for people to be it, maybe somehow just to get a glimpse of of how that feels, and then to see how they're you know to see how they're treated with such hatred and bigotry to the point of doing everything that they can that's possible to force them back into the closet. Um, I think for allies, for those who, who want to advocate, I think the difference is 
when you hear it, when you see it, speak up. I think the same way when you see, you know, racism, when you see wrong and you know it's wrong, speak up. Because right now we're, we're at a point in our society where one of the only ways to, to get things to change is through, is through shaming. You know, you have, we have to make hate wrong again. But for allies is don't be afraid of asking questions. I, I offer people, whether they, they agree with me or what I'm doing or not, just ask questions. Don't, don't be afraid to ask them. And what makes it hard sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, is that there are very militant people in the LGBT community. And many times it's because they've been neglected, abused, ridiculed. So it's, it goes back to kind of what I was saying of they're honestly, whether, whether it's me or someone else, of, of a guide, a trans 101 that's for those who don't understand it, for those who want to understand it, to explain the vocabulary because like for instance when when sitting there and looking at the T's in the encyclopedia and I found the word transsexual transsexual is not a word that's used anymore anything that was transsexual sex change the reason that those have been renamed is because the people who came up with them originally were white, cisgender, doctors, health professionals, mental professionals, and they're antiquated. They're because we're not changing our sex. We're changing our gender. So when you're talking about what's referred to as bottom surgery, what used to be a sex change, is now gender confirmation surgery. So yes, the vocabulary changes, but there is a very drastic, big reason why those things have changed. And just for people just, I think it's one of those where to be empathetic, to be empathetic, you have to be able to see it through a person. You know, you have to believe what a person's saying about what they're going through. Not to be able to see where they're where they're coming from, rather than just assume that you know. Assume that you know because of what you've been taught, whether it's in church or by your parents, or what you see on TV. Or on social media. I think that's that's kind of where, you know, 
we're we're not we're not trying to get any more rights than than what we deserve. For me personally, with all the stuff that, that came out online, the only thing I wanted to say to them was all I want to do is blend in and just live my life. I want to go to work. I want to enjoy what I do. Being around, you know, being, you know, I, obviously I'm a teacher for a reason. And I just want to go to work, go home, live my life, just like everybody else. Is there any bit of encouragement um, that you can give anybody who is going through the transition themselves? So for me personally, with back in middle school, high school, kind of with the um, when inter- when the internet came around, where meeting and actually t- and you know chatting with people who were trans, and especially getting into high school and college, of of people saying it gets better. It gets better. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard. Um, or that you 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 cannot keep this in. Please seek therapy. Do your <clears throat> do your due due diligence. Your due diligence. Sorry, and find a good therapist. Don't be afraid. That it, you know, we are our own worst critics. I tell people all the time that I have said more horrible things in my head or to myself than anyone has said to me online. But that, but that it does get better. So I just want to say how appreciative I am to hear that story. Um, It's an amazing story that you have. And, you know, your story, if it helps one person to better understand their life, um, it's completely worth telling. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. And we appreciate you taking this time out of your life to share this with us. Thank you very, very much, Waverly. I really enjoyed listening to your story. Um, I just so moved by your whole transition, not even just, you know, your transition as um, going to female, but your transition as a human. Um, You seem to be more firm and who you are than, you know, what you expressed before. So I am super grateful thank you so much for sharing so if you have any questions for us or if you would like to ask waverly questions you can reach us at all things people 2021 at gmail.com this is all things people and we're all in this together <laughs>